1: You're tuned in to an all-new edition of Talk of Champions, another overreaction edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett, at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Bradley Sowell, of course, coming up in just a little bit. So is C.J. Johnson for a full reaction from Ole Miss's Egg Bowl win over Mississippi State. Not going to break down the game so much as the ramifications from winning the game. And unfortunately, Ole Miss is in another bye week because of COVID protocols changing up a schedule once more. Probably going to get Texas A&M next Saturday and then LSU to close things out December 19th. So the season is far from over and we got plenty to talk about. But before we do it, let me tell you about my bookie. Late fall college ball, the NBA bubble and UFC fight island. It's clear 2020 has been a year unlike any other, which is why you need a sports book with offers unlike any other. Get some skin in the game with my bookie where odds boosts, lightning deals and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there really is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer or been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge. Make your bet. Get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is at my bookie, the doors never close. So you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at my bookie. And when you do, use my promo code TOC for talk of champions, TOC, to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 into your account. If you are already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. Remember the promo code TOC. Talk of Champions T O C. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss Offensive Lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Today's guest on Talk of Champions. Good friend of the program, CJ Johnson on the Modern Women Phone Line. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify, just simply search Talk of Champions. All right for the Ole Miss Spirit, OmusSpirit.com and field 247 Sports. The Egg Bowl Trophy is back in Oxford. Almost Miss beats Mississippi State on Saturday, 31 to 24, but it's days, days removed from that. You know that. You've probably listened to other podcasts that have recapped that game. The bottom line is almost is four and four. We said before the year, Brad, four and six, unequivocally, that's a success in a 10 game all SEC schedule. But now when you look at the SEC, LSU, not very good. Five and five, would you be disappointed if they didn't finish five and five now?
0: yeah i mean i think it's certainly out there and i mean i think we all i think we have a chance versus a&m too i mean i think we really figure out how to win some of these games and um you know play good football here down the stretch i like where we're at man i mean we're we got a little momentum going and um you know it feels good to get back to four and four so i mean i like where we're at as a team i think we're gonna um have a chance to win these next two i really do
1: it's overreaction monday here on talk of champions how you been buddy how was your weekend
0: good been a little time down in texas um you know, hung out with a little bit of family and then um, for the most part, just just kind of chilled. I Man, there's not a whole lot you can do with everything going on. So kind of try to stay to ourselves, keep it tight. How did you spend your egg bowl? actually spent my egg bowl watching it with an, another family that um, lives in my neighborhood. They're Mississippi State fans. so I thought it'd be fun. They're, they're one of my favorite, favorite families here. So it was actually fun to have a little little trash talk the whole night. And um, that's that's about that's about it.
1: We talked about this last week because there were so many questions in the mailbag about de-emphasizing the Egg Bowl. And both of you and I said that it's a little bit more nuanced than that. There needs to be a little bit more context than that. You can't tell a guy like Ben Brown, who grew up an Ole Miss fan from an Ole Miss family, not to celebrate Biddy Mississippi State, especially considering that Ole Miss hadn't won in three years or so. So to win the Egg Bowl and celebrate it, if he wants to, go for it. And I think from the celebration on Saturday, you saw that Lane Kiffin's going to allow his players to be themselves. And they were excited about winning the game. They celebrated it. They treated it like you're used to seeing the Egg Bowl win be treated. But then what really happened, which I thought was intriguing, is how Lane Kiffin and all the players really went to social media. And even Ole Miss's official football account on Twitter went to social media and blasted it everywhere. And Lane Kiffin has done a tremendous job. We talked about this so many times before in this podcast of Marketing everything, branding everything, that's the whole gig for him. Everything is a branding opportunity. Everything is a recruiting opportunity. So rather than focus on de-emphasizing the Egg Bowl, the focus should be on Lane Kiffin, didn't worry about any of that, let the players be themselves, let them shoot their Instagram videos of them smoking cigars at the end of the game, post-game in the locker room, and then turn around and use that enthusiasm to potentially reach out to an MJ Daniels or a Brandon Buckhalter or a Luke Altmyer who was in town On Saturday. And I think that's what was my biggest takeaway from the the off-the-field stuff after the game. The ramifications of winning the game is that in a time in which there are no in-person communications with coaches and players, when recruiting has really been hamstrung, Lane Kiffin is using every opportunity, including winning the Egg Bowl, to market Ole Miss and to sell it because Ole Miss has been talking about nationally, got a national audience for the Egg Bowl, and everything that could have gone right went right because Ole Miss won. Do I think that kids make a decision off of one game? No, never, ever. And you're a Mississippi kid. Now, you grew up an Ole Miss fan. If Ole Miss was going to offer, you were going to commit, and you did. But if it came down to Ole Miss and Mississippi State, you're not deciding on where you're going to go based on the outcome of this game. It's all about continuing the momentum, right? And that's kind of what they did on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I would, dude, I would say they, they emphasized the Egg ball. I mean, if you, they, had, they had custom hats. I mean, they, like you said, it was all over the um, the media. It was, it was a total play for recruiting for Lankiff, and as you could tell, I think he was trying to use this to to get Mississippi excited again about, about Ole Miss and where they're headed. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's, um, it's just one of those things where they're, they're, he's really trying to win the state back some kind of way and try to get these kids to start coming to Ole Miss. And um, he he certainly certainly took it to social media and and, kind of smeared it just a little bit this week to to try to get people back interested in, in Ole Miss.
1: It was so calculated the minute he stepped off the bus with the hat that said, come to the SIP or we own the SIP, whatever it is and then the A.J. Brown Tennessee Titans jersey. That's all calculated, and it goes back to what we talked about in regards to Lane Kiffin earlier in the year when he got off the bus wearing a powder blue baseball Ole Miss jersey or whatever it might be. All of those things are pre-planned, and for him, a part of selling his program because he understands better than most coaches in college football accessibility through social media and an opportunity to market your brand and your program can't be wasted. And it doesn't matter if it's just getting off the bus or if it's – celebrating the win. All Ole Miss had to do to ensure that all of that online momentum and push, the only way to continue that was to win, and Ole Miss did. They didn't play very well, and I don't want to recap the game because that's not what we do in Overreaction Monday. But what was your biggest takeaway from watching the game that we can call an overreaction? What's the biggest takeaway for you?
0: Um, the biggest takeaway, I thought, was um, the growth of Matt Corral. I mean, I thought about that all night, and I thought about Tyler Knight. Um, I go I go on about both those. I mean, so Matt Corral he, um, you know, I, I think he did a good job of not turning over. Arkansas I mean, um, Mississippi State's defense ran a lot of what Arkansas ran, and um, you know, basically zoned us out. And Matt Corral showed tremendous growth, not forcing anything. And if you look up at a stat line, he had a he had a pretty another pretty good night. He, he took his shots when they were there and hit hit a couple deep balls. So. Um, I thought that was really my, my biggest takeaway. And then you had Tyler Knight, who was um, – I mean, he played with – I mean, kudos to that kid. I think a player on our team will play with that kind of heart. I mean, he's a total team first guy. He's He was obviously on offense. And I think he just wanted to be a ball player and, and find a spot on this team. And he comes out there and he's flying around. I mean, he makes a huge play to, um, to get a fumble before Mississippi State scores. I mean, the kid is is a good example of, hey, I just want to be a ball player. Put me out there. I'll be a rebel. And um, there's a lot to be learned from that kid and his effort.
1: What did you think about Otis Reese in his debut? Uh,
0: I mean, he looked good. I mean, he was around the ball a lot, but I mean, that's expected. He was a high recruit. He was at Georgia for a reason, so um, you know, I, I expected that um, you know from him. I knew that he would make a difference just from everything I've read and and hearing all the players talk about him. So I mean, it was that that to me was was expected from the from the time he got on the field, and, and he he showed out pretty nicely. I would love to see what he looked like start the beginning of the year and then what he where he would be right now. But um, going forward, you know, hopefully this isn't, you know, he doesn't end up leaving or try to go to the draft or something crazy, but I think next year he's going to um, be a big part of why that defense is going to be better. And there's, there's a, there's a lot of pieces over there that, that could develop and, um, you know, create a pretty serviceable defense next year for, for an offense that should be pretty good as well.
1: When Otis Reese got on the field, you noticed him. He looked different. It was like Tony Connor to me. Not that he's Tony Connor, but you noticed Tony Connor. no matter what he did, he was always around the ball. And Otis Reese, he was a player on defense that you noticed on every single play because he was always around the ball, and he just looks like a next-level player. And maybe that's something that Ole Miss has been missing all year. Ole Miss didn't play particularly well defensively, but they made some strides. They did. And Tyler Knight, your boy, he made the game-changing play, forcing the fumble at the goal line, recovered by Dean Leonard, and pretty much that was the game right there. That saved the game. Omus had many missed opportunities. Again, we don't recap the game, but overreaction Monday, I felt that was one of, if not the best, games for Matt Corral because he didn't force anything. He made good decisions. He threw the ball away. He didn't hold it too long and take a sack. And yeah, Omus was bad in the red zone, but that wasn't Matt Corral's fault. It wasn't like he was missing throws. He was taking what was given. And Omus analytically, that's what they're going to do. And I know there was a lot of frustration about not kicking field goals, but hindsight is 20-20. And here's the thing. The first time you go for it on fourth down and don't get it, I get why some would say in a close game, kick it the next time. But that's not Lane Kiffin's M.O. He's going to stick to the math. He's going to stick to the book. And the book says you go for it in that down and distance going into the end zone. Had Ole Miss scored rather than come up empty, no one's talking about that. And you're getting one point better than both of those missed opportunities. Had you made both of them, that's two field goals, that's six points. If you just go one for two in those fourth down opportunities, you get seven. It's just simple math and analytically better position yourself to win. Still, there were time and time and time again where Mississippi State got the ball back with an opportunity to drive down and tie the game and weren't able to do so because Ole Miss stepped up defense. I mean, a lot of that had to do with Odor So I think there's a lot of good takeaways from this game. But the biggest thing for me on this overreaction Monday, Elijah Moore better win the Bolitnikoff. Ole Miss was robbed with Laquan. Rob with A.J. Brown, Elijah Moore's got to win the Bolitnikoff because he did it again. Mississippi State committed so much attention, extra attention, to Elijah Moore, and it didn't matter. He still had 10-plus catches. He had 139 yards. It doesn't matter what defenses do. Elijah Moore gets his, and in eight games, he's already broken the single-season receptions record that was once held by A.J. Brown in eight games against all SEC competition. There were no cupcakes to pad these stats. And yet Ole Miss is a 4-4 and team. But I don't care if Ole Miss finishes 4-6. and Reward the player that deserves it. And Elijah Moore deserves the Bolitnikoff. And more and more, it's becoming hard to argue against him being easily in the top three as far as best wide receivers in school history.
0: Yeah, he's been more than impressive. You're right, he deserves it. I mean, it's just... This is an SEC schedule he's played. Um, he's, he's been impressive all year. He's been, he's been virtually un- unstoppable. Um, th- th- there's no reason why he should not, um, should not win this award.
1: He has to win it. He has to win it. And then he needs to go into the NFL and ball out just like A.J. Brown did on Sunday. Did you watch much NFL football on Sunday?
0: I did I, I was actually watching that game and I mean AJ Brown I, I actually was watching him on that very play he just ran a on one of his touchdowns He ran, just ran a slant just big body to dude caught it and he has deceptive speed man I mean for being a guy so big that they can't catch him it's 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 impressive he's um gosh man I think um, Knox had a touchdown too so um, yeah, thank you did. so long appreciate it Phil Long day.
1: Yeah yeah Dawson Knox caught a touchdown his first of the year and one more Then in four years, three years, three years. It's three years. So, yeah. Thanks, Phil Longo. Also, A.J. Brown. Also, D.K. Metcalf. Also, Jordan Tiamu and Scotty Phillips in a good offensive line, and you couldn't win. I don't want to get back into that. But it was like an Ole Miss showcase for the weekend. And that's the kind of stuff. So, when you go from Lane Kiffin wearing A.J. Brown's jersey getting off the bus to A.J. Brown housing that 69-yard reception, I think it was, and then housing a kick return, or onside kick attempt that kind of drew back to Deuce McAllister in the Independence Bowl. It's pretty much the exact same thing he did. And then you had Dawson Knox catch a touchdown. You had Dante Moncrief, good kick return for the New England Patriots in a win. Evan Ingram go over 100 yards. It was an Ole Miss showcase. Now, nationally, that's not going to get a lot of attention. There's not going to be any kind of narrative like that. But for what's coming up for the next three weeks, which is an outright sprint to the finish line in the early signing period, in a time in which recruiting – has been hamstrung by the COVID-19 pandemic, completely different environment in which to recruit to, and Lane Kiffin is navigating it through social media and also by getting former players and current players involved. So when you're selling it like that, to have the win in the Egg Bowl compounded with a Sunday in which Ole Miss Rebels ball out, if you don't think they're cutting that up right now in the recruiting room and sending it out to whoever might compete at that particular position – And that's why all of this stuff, all of the extracurricular stuff, all of the Instagram videos like of Elijah Moore smoking a cigar, all that stuff matters. A.J. Brown commenting on records being broken in the game and Elijah Moore responding to him, all of that stuff is seen. And that's how Lane Kiffin has navigated this recruiting terrain that no one expected to have to navigate for a first-year staff. And that's why I feel like Ole Miss is only going to build on it. It doesn't really matter. What happens in the last two games, in my opinion? I said go four and six. That's a success. Period. In the discussion, I'm going to stick to that. They should beat LSU. Terrence Marshall actually just opted out. Now you really need to beat LSU. But the bottom line is everything is lining up for Ole Miss to finish not only on the field in the regular season and go to a bowl like you hope they would as Lane Kim tries to build this thing, but recruiting-wise too. The Egg Bowl itself, on its own, doesn't matter and doesn't in any way make a decision for a kid who might be considering Ole Miss or Mississippi State, but you consider everything, and it couldn't have been a better weekend. I don't know if that's an overreaction for Overreaction Monday, but it feels like this was a turning point weekend, if not the turning point weekend. It doesn't matter that Ole Miss won in somewhat unimpressive fashion, because Mississippi State only traveled with like 40-something players, and Ole Miss had so many opportunities to blow that game wide open. Just get the win, and Ole Miss did. So all the pregame theatrics, nothing on the field, Ole Miss and Mississippi State kept it cordial, but all the pregame theatrics with the A.J. Brown jersey and all that stuff, and then the NFL Sunday, it was the perfect weekend.
0: I mean, how could you not want to come to Ole Miss right now? Let's be honest. I mean, you're going you're gonna to return a quarterback that, that should be in the Heisman talks going into next year. Um, I mean, there, there's a great opportunity to play on defense, um, which, which they're coming along. There's some players that are stepping up um i mean it's just you're right man i mean the, the momentum's rolling for old miss and it's also i mean mississippi state as well i mean they got a they're they got a good quarterback and a, and a good young receiver um they're not far off i can't i mean i can't wait to see this game in in next year it, hopefully everything returns to normal this is going to be a good football game that bowl will be next year and uh, just mississippi in general i mean it's a um yeah these two teams are growing this they're they're on their way up both of them so it's a uh, um you know, it's, it's going to be a fun, fun couple of years. And yeah, it's, it's, Ole Miss certainly has some momentum going. I'm excited to see what happens this offseason. And I'm going to tell you, we're on our way. If, if we can win one out of these next two and maybe two of these next two, Ole Miss is going to get a good bowl game, much better than, than six and four or five and five bowl game because three of their losses are to, are to top five SEC teams. And the other two, they had, they had a chance to win on the last drive. So Ole Miss is going to, hopefully they look at this, and Ole Miss will get a good ball game versus a good quality opponent, which will be another opportunity for us to um, you know, get out there and, on the national stage and, and, um, and, and impress.
1: We'll get right back to Bradley Sal in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. It's the holiday season, and what better gift for yourself for your significant other than a new car? Well, the only place to go this time of year to get that done is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you and get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Tell them Talk of champions sent you. They're hardcore Ole Miss fans. They'll probably want to talk some Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss football, upcoming Ole Miss basketball, some baseball. But more importantly, they'll want to make the process as seamless as possible, that you get what you want at a good price. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels cries through Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Celebrate the holiday in style. Alan Samuels. Let's be friends. I asked CJ Johnson this question. I'll ask it to you too. Initially, when Lane Kiffin was hired, you and I talked, and you weren't particularly excited about it. You had your reasons. You had your reservations. You completely came around pretty early. But now that Ole Miss is 4-4, at 500 for the first time this year, where were you then, and how have your thoughts changed as far as Lane Kiffin leading this program to a national level?
0: Um, when he first came in, obviously I, I didn't follow Lane Kiffin much, much past when he was at Tennessee and we played him. So I didn't, um, you know, I knew he went to Alabama, but I mean that didn't really count. Everybody goes there and has success just because it's an autopilot type program. And then once he was at FAU, I mean I don't know if I even realized he was there the whole time he was there. So um, you know, all I had was, you know, in my head was what he did at Tennessee. So when we hired him, um, you know, I was wondering how, how he would do coming into the SEC. But I mean, he is. Um, <laughs> He's the real deal, and that's um, you know I'm glad I came around pretty quickly once I saw the um, you know the first game, and I saw what kind of offense he was running, and I saw you know just the just how creative it was, and I was um, I was pretty sold sold quickly. So um, on top of all, all, he he really you know he sees out to eye with the young crowd, and that that's huge in recruiting. So I think that's going to really start picking up too especially when things turn to normal but yeah he's I'm all in on him I just you know I hope Ole Miss can keep him around I hope he has a lot of success here and I hope this is a place that he wants to stay um, you know that that'll be told you know we'll see in the next three years if that's the truth but yeah I'm hoping we can keep him around I think he's a, he's a very quality football coach and he has some very good assistants on the staff too that I hope we can keep
1: I asked that because I want to play a round of buy or sell we haven't played in a while so it's a round of buy or sell
2: get back in there at once and sell, sell.
1: Buy or sell, Ole Miss will make it to Atlanta under Lane Kippen. Are you buying it or are you selling it? Ole Miss hadn't made it ever.
0: Um, I'll, I'll buy that. I mean, I'll buy it with some um, skepticism for sure, but um, I, I think that there, if there's any... There's only one way to get to Atlanta, and that's getting through Nick Saban, and I think that Lane Kippen is the one guy that could do it. Um, I think he, if, you know, if he gets the right players in here and he, and he you know, gets a, a few more guys, I think, I think he could line up and beat Nick Saban. I think, and I think Nick knows that. You know, I think he kind of, um, you know, judging by our game, I think he's, he's seeing that, um, that, you know, lane, lane definitely makes him worried. So that's, uh, I can see us getting there.
1: Buy or sell, assuming that Matt Corral comes back and he ends up going into the year undoubtedly the best quarterback in the SEC returning because look across the board, Kyle Trask, all those guys are going to be gone. Buy or sell Matt Corral finishing in the top five of the Heisman race next year.
0: Oh, 100%. I mean, if, if, if he comes back and depending on what kind of receivers we, um, you know, it, what we get from a transfer portal. And and if these guys, you know, keep, keep coming to and um, playing better, but yeah, I mean, he's, I, I can see that for sure he's going to put up huge numbers. I mean, you look at the other day this everybody was you know seemed like he didn't even have that good of a game he threw for three fifty or three sixty so um yeah i mean he, he's going to be in the he's gonna be in the high the, the heisman you know talks next year and it's especially if we win if we come out and win you know have a normal schedule and, and win you know nine ten games there's no reason why he he won't be in the talks and I fully expect us to to come out and and win quite a few games next year. do you buy Olmas winning eight or more games next year? Absolutely. Ole Miss, Ole Miss would have won eight games this year. With their normal schedule, Ole Miss would have won eight games. I mean, we're going we're gonna to end up 5-5 five and five in the SEC. I mean, most years when you win five SEC games, you usually have nine wins, eight to nine wins. Ole Miss would have been an eight-win team this year. I'm, I'm more than convinced.
1: With the worst defense that Lane Kiffin will ever have. All right, so buy or sell Elijah Moore winning the Bulitnikov this year.
0: I mean, it would be a travesty. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell it just because I feel like Ole Miss never gets the benefit of the doubt there. Um, you know, I feel like they'll use our, you know, our record against us. But um, he should. I mean, there, there's no one else that in the SEC put up these kind of numbers or, or anywhere else. So, I mean, I, th- I think he should win it, but I think they'll overlook him.
1: It's absurd if he doesn't. And here's the biggest beef that I have when any award is handed out. doesn't matter what sport it is. It could be college football, the NFL, Major League Baseball. I don't care. When awards are handed out, they're individual awards. They're not team awards. And that's why you can't hold overall results of a team against a player. Because they're individual awards. Are they the very best at their position or in their respective field for that season? That's all that matters. That's the only math, the only numbers that matter. If that was the case, though, Mike Trout would never not win MVP in Major League Baseball. Same thing with Elijah Moore. I don't care if Ole Miss finishes four and six or six and four. He's the best wide receiver as far as his numbers in the nation. If it's about the numbers, he deserves to be the Blitnikoff winner. and Olmus was robbed with A.J. Brown. A.J Brown deserved it. and Elijah Moore is trumping A.J. Brown's numbers with two less games and playing against all SEC competition. And I feel like I'm with you that I would sell it only because, I mean, yeah, Eli won the Maxwell, P. Willie won the Butkus, but it doesn't really ever happen. It's kind of burned in me to believe that Ole Miss players aren't going to win the biggest awards. Eli should have won the Heisman that year. Can anybody tell me who won the Heisman over Eli? We all know it, we do, because we followed Ole Miss. But if I asked generic college football fan, hey, who won the Heisman over Eli Manning? Could you really remember Jason White? If you're going to tell me somebody's better than Elijah Moore, well, the numbers aren't going to back that up. So what's your reasoning? Because it's only supposed to be about the numbers. Okay, that was my rant. Buy or sell, Ole Miss is going to get a bowl game no worse than the Belt Bowl. So the Belt Bowl, the Gator Bowl, the Outback Bowl. The floor for Ole Miss, buy or sell, the floor for Ole Miss bowl-wise is the Belt Bowl.
0: Um, I'm going to buy that and listen, I, I think that honestly, I think any big time bowl is going to want Ole Miss just because you got Lane Kiffin is he obviously he tracks the most, most views on Twitter and you got the exciting offense. I mean, it's, uh, um, I mean, I'm sure these, these bowl bowl, you know, whatever's are, are hoping that Ole Miss finishes out six and four. That way they can slide them into a, a Gator bowl or, or a bigger bowl just because it's, it's, um I mean, that that would be a – I mean, that would be a sweet game. I mean, having Ole Miss come in with Lane Kiffin, you know, a lot of views. I mean, it's just you, – you're going to want Ole Miss in there.
1: So who's your most improved player up to this point?
0: Um, you know, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that Braylon Sanders. I mean, I, he, he's had two really good weeks, man. I mean, I wouldn't say – I mean, maybe not most improved, but he's someone that's really popped out to me the last couple weeks. And, um, you yeah, know, he was really, really – not even on the radar early in the season, so I think the last couple of weeks he's kind of found a um, found a role and um, I mean he's 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 really looked he's really looked well he's made he's made some good plays. See, here's my whole
1: thing about following you down the path of buying Matt Corral as a Heisman finalist next year. Obviously, Ole Miss does not have a replacement for Elijah Moore on its roster, so I've been saying that Ole Miss's replacement for Elijah Moore will come via transfer. I don't know who those candidates are, but that's what what I think is going to happen. But that's where my trepidation is. If Ole Miss is to be better next year, defensively is where it'll have to come. I think Ole Miss will still be good offensively. It returns pretty much its entire offensive line, except for Royce Newman. But that's a big piece. Who steps in at right tackle? Tight end. Who steps in at tight end? Ole Miss is losing more than people quite give it credit for. Kenny Yaboa is a big piece. Royce Newman's a big piece. Elijah Moore is the biggest piece. And there isn't a player on the roster. So I don't know if I can buy Ole Miss winning eight games next year or Matt Corral finishing as a Heisman finalist only because this team's going to look a lot different. Defensively is where the improvement will have to come. And I don't know with one recruiting cycle, even when you can go get transfers that can come in and play immediately, I don't know with one recruiting cycle if Ole Miss can make up for its defensive efficiencies. So buy or sell then from the Egg Bowl. This is the closest we'll get. To breaking down the game, buy or sell. Ole Miss made strides defensively in its win over Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl.
0: Um, I'm I'm going to buy it. I mean, um, they 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 got turnovers. They um, you know they, they they flew to the ball. They played hard. I mean, obviously they gave up a crap ton of passing yards. Um, but I mean, I to, they're doing they're doing as good as they can do for what they have. But they have gotten better as well. I mean, there's early on in the in the year. I mean, it was it was really bad, and you can't tell me this defense isn't significantly better than than the beginning of the year. So um, I'm going to buy. I think they've gotten much better. They're go, they're going to get better next year. I mean, they're going to add some pieces. Otis Reese, hopefully, will be back. Um, you know, he should be. Um, you know, you got Knight, who's who's flying around. That that's gonna could have a full year on defense. I mean, I can see them coming out and being scrappy. It's gonna just gonna kind of depend on what they bring in on the D line, but it, it, they get a couple good D linemen in there, and you know, um, obviously Sam Williams, a couple others should be back. Um, they, they should be a, a a solid, much improved defense going into next
1: year. I asked C.J. Johnson this. I'll ask you this before we jump to C.J. Wherever bowl they go, there's probably not going to be many fans, if any fans, allowed in the stadium the reward for Ole Miss, will it be the same? Will it still be the reward these kids deserve? Does it feel like a reward when you're not making it to the playoff, when you're not going to – or you're not in contention for the SEC championship? Does it still feel like that type of reward regardless of what bowl it is?
0: Absolutely, man. Anytime you get a chance to play another college football game, it's a reward. I mean, some of these guys may never play football again. It's maybe their last game ever, and that's actually the truth for most guys. Um, very few get to go on and play another, you know, an, another season in the NFL. So, and not only that, I mean, it's, it's for the young guys, they get to get better. I mean, it's a, it's a true reward around the, uh, you know, around the block. I mean, and you get to practice, you get to get a little bit better. I mean, you don't get to go straight home like some people and, um, you know, you get another couple, you know, get basically a whole another month to play football and, um, you'll get better going into the next year. So it's a reward for the coaches too. I mean, they get to evaluate. So yeah, anytime you get another another ball game it's um you know it's 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 special what's your favorite bowl memory um yeah it's been a long time ago but i i, I remember um you know i think the 08 year was really special for me um you know just being a mississippi kid being an old miss fan um you seeing how hungry the fan base was after having you know two or three losing seasons and um you know eli was kind of the last last year we had a got a good team so Getting back to that Cotton Bowl, and I remember how many fans came out to Dallas, and how many fans were in that hotel, and just how I mean that almost felt like a, a really big time game. And I, when we won that game and came back to the hotel, it was, you know, Ole Miss fans were just so happy to be, uh, um, you know, to, to be a uh, on the national stage again, winning a ball game. So um, that that to me is probably my, my best bowl memory. Um, you know, just just I think that was really cool for Ole Miss and the fan base.
1: All right, so almost finishes the year with what record? You picking them to win one, both?
0: I got them. I think they're going to go five and five. I think that um, you know they'll they'll win. They'll they'll split these last two. Um, But but I I wouldn't be surprised if if it went either way. Honestly, I mean they. um, I think we beat LSU. I really do. I think Texas A&M is going to be a um, good test. But hey, you mess around and and win both of them with with a top win versus um, Texas A&M. You're talking about some real momentum going into the offseason. So there's an opportunity there for Ole Miss to really to go into this offseason with, with massive momentum.
1: This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Bradley South. we got to go to C.J. Johnson on the Modern Women phone line. Talk to you later this week, man. All
0: right, see you, Ben. Hadi toddy.
1: This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. That was Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribed, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Oldman Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Before we jump to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to C.J. Johnson, good friend of this program, let's hear from b and Bank and Modern Woodman. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook or his number is 662 296 0186. That's 662 296 0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Call, we'll talk. No big whoop, no big whoop where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman. let's make a difference together. Going now to the Modern Woodmen phone line to speak to my friend CJ Johnson. So last week was Thanksgiving week and I was making preparations. We did a big mailbag here on Talk of Champions. And then the second show was effectively an old show where CJ told his Mississippi State stories. I think it was from last year, and I look back through the history of Talk of Champions, and every single Egg Bowl for the last handful of years, I have talked to CJ before the game. It was kind of like the preview. It was an annual deal, just like the Egg Bowl, and this year, I didn't come through, so it's only natural that after the game is played, Ole Miss wins, I bring CJ back. What's up, man? How you doing?
2: I'm doing good, brother. How are you? I'm
1: good, man. Did you watch on Saturday?
2: Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I thought the game should have been uh, – well, the score should have been a lot more lopsided than it was. Um, but, you know, I'm watching the game with of my my family and my friends. Um, people, you know, tried to explain to them something about third down. So just my immediate reaction from the game was that, number one, I loved how they played uh, offense. It was fun to watch. Um, I said coming into the game that defensively they got a few stops early. You know, they would take a lead, uh, which they did. I just knew once they got a lead that, you know, with that offense, if you just drop eight, play a little man every now and then, play a little zone, you know, drop eight and possibly get some pressure or flush the quarterback, you know, uh, and get him off the spot, that they'd be good. And that's exactly what they did.
1: Something that has been circulating online in the Ole Miss community is this thought of de-emphasizing the Egg Bowl. And then you see these kids after it's over. And it's not just the Mississippi kids. It's Matt Corral, it's Elijah Moore, all from different states celebrating this Egg Bowl, holding the trophy. You're one of those that celebrated the hell out of the Egg Bowl. For Ole Miss to not take the rivalry so seriously, is that really a realistic possibility?
2: Having worked with Coach, uh, I know that he's probably not going to say it publicly, but to those guys and, and and I don't know I don't know about him but I know to the players um you know it's a big deal and whenever they're happy um and it's a big deal to them um it's a big deal to him and I think that was a perception that I had of him when I before I worked with him that you know he was kind of a self-centered guy um he's all about himself um you know you and you watch him work um and you see him you know up close in person and he's not that person um, you know, he's all about, you know, his team and, and the team. And he tries to really emphasize to the players that it's not our team as the coaches, you know, this team is only going to be as good as, you know, you guys, the players, you know, make it and how you work and how you prepare. Um, and I think that's, what's been, uh, the difference in the way you've seen his teams play over the last couple of years.
1: He's turned his focus to the players more in the last handful of years of his career than he ever had before. That's something he said he learned, not just at Alabama, but really at Florida Atlantic. And that's the thing that I noticed too, after the game when they're celebrating, you got kids in the locker room smoking cigars and it's very un Ole Miss thing that you're used to seeing lately, but that's a very Lane Kiffin thing to where he's allowing his kids not only to enjoy themselves, but really to express their own personalities. And if they want to celebrate, let them smoke cigars. It's just, it was a different vibe, though. You saw it on Instagram and on Twitter, wherever, all these screenshots of these kids. And even in the official photos from Ole Miss, you saw John Rice Plumlee with a cigar in his mouth. And it was just different dynamic than I think most Ole Miss fans are used to seeing. But that's kind of part of the Lane Kiffin experience, isn't
2: it? Yeah, not only that, um, a lot of people uh, don't realize is that, you know, as me being a coach over these last couple of years, I think the biggest thing that a lot of fans don't realize is that the kids are changing. Um, they're not the same. Um, you know, and you know, there's certain things that you have to do um, you know, to you know, to kind of elevate the program in ways that no, I'm not saying that, yeah, smoke cigars maybe to help you get players, but you know, just little things like that, um, you know, to celebrate, you know, what they what we call a big victory, you know, in our mind winning the egg Bowl back, especially after you know, being gone for three years, I think that's something that's cool. Um, and kids see that. You know, nowadays these kids are about attention. Um, and as you can give them as much attention as you can, um, you give it to them. Um, you know, and and you just hope that you know they reward you on the field.
1: It's all about marketing opportunities and branding with Lane Kiffin.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and the and the, and the beauty of it is a, a lot of college coaches. Um, one of the big things that they don't like, especially the old school coaches, is attention, right? Um, especially in the off season, I mean, even during the season, you know, don't be a distraction, um, you know, don't bring attention to yourself, um, you know, things of that nature. But beauty of it with coach that I loved about him was that he was the kind of coach that he was willing to embrace putting attention on the program, right? Um, but at the same time, uh, understand that, you know, it's good it's good attention right not bad attention a lot of people and nowadays especially the news in general is that every time we come on the tv and there's breaking news you know there's always something bad happening um you know and the fact that you know you can have attention on your program um is also a positive attention um like you said again uh, that's great marketing and i think that's that's what he understands that, that maybe some of the the other coaches in college football don't
1: you were a mississippi recruit a five-star prospect, Ole Miss and Mississippi State both wanted you. One thing I hate going into this game and coming out of it, this game itself will play any kind of role in recruiting.
2: Does it really? Um, to be honest with you, um, I had already had my mind made up on where I was going to school uh, before the Egg Bowl was played. I would already had my mind made up if I was going to Mississippi State uh, before the Egg Bowl was played my senior year. So I don't even know who even won the egg bowl to be honest with you, um, in two thousand ten. But um, you know, I don't I, I think now it may, you know, it may do. Um, you know, um, but I don't think it would I think it does, but I think it don't, and the reason I say it don't, because if Hugh Freeze and Dan Mullen are still the head coaches respectively, then yes, I would say it matters because of the way they recruited, um, they were more of the recruiting type that well we beat them so I mean if you want to go up there then you know we'll kick your ass next year too you know that was kind of the the mindset um, on the recruiting trail and I had Mississippi State coaches tell me well if you want to go to Mississippi you just go up there we'll kick your ass for the next four years um, you know and so the, the 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 tone and the context of how they recruited then is different now. Um, you know, with, with, with them. But again, you know, I think with these kids, it's all about attention. So, right now, Ole misses get more attention offensively uh, and scoring a lot of points. So, yeah, they look more attractive to these kids um, than Mississippi State. Had Mississippi State won a the game, then maybe, you know, they would kind of have an advantage. So, honestly, I really think now it does. It, it, it really plays an advantage.
1: See, I just think that the totality of the product itself is more of the selling point than the outcome of a single game.
2: Again, the dynamic now is so different because now these kids are taking official visits in the summer. Um, you know, that was something that, that wasn't common, um, you know, when I was coming out of high school, or uh, you know, six, seven years ago. Um, you know, and now with, you know, the satellite camps and the, you know, unofficial, because, I mean, that's really what they are. I mean, to be honest, um, a lot of those satellite camps are just contact visits, um, unofficial contact visits, you know, for the guys that show up, the big-time guys that show up. Um, you know, so I think a lot of the familiarity with these guys from, you know, the last day period in February to the recruiting period in the spring, then throughout the camp summer, um, you know, and then through the official visits in the fall now, you know, because guys are taking official visits in the fall, um, you know, big home games and such, um, you know, and and so that that dynamic of it plays a really big part, and so I think that for the kids that are on the fence right now, um, winning the game I think plays a part, but for the most part, I think the haze and the barn, um, honestly, with the, the the dynamic now of how you can recruit these kids.
1: Ole Miss is now at four wins, has won three straight for the first time, I think, in like half a decade or something. I say coming really? into the year – Yeah, it's something crazy like that. But I say coming into the year, if they went four and six, unequivocally, that's a success. But having now seen LSU, Texas a and is going to be tough, and that's the next game that Olmus Miss will play after another bye week. Is four wins enough? Because they're going bowling with four wins. We know that. Now they're going bowling. They're going somewhere. But if they don't get LSU or maybe one of the last two and finish 5-5, and is it kind of a bummer at all? Or has this year been a complete success just because they've gotten to where they are?
2: That's tough because normally, no matter how shitty you played from August till Thanksgiving, if you won that game, then going into the bowl game, if you won six games, you're feeling pretty good. Um, And so now the dynamic of not playing them the last game of the season and having them play two more games. Because that game's an emotional high. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. I mean and they have one in three years, so that would mean Elijah Moore, This would be his second time beating Mississippi Strait. No, and it's his first, first time. No, first. Yeah, because Mississippi first, State went back to back. So yeah, that was something like that that you know, that that plays a big part. Um, that's it's an emotional win. And so it'll be interesting to see for the first it uh, might be the first time ever that they played a game in the mm-hmm. regular season and played Mississippi State, played somebody after that I can remember, um, how they how they respond. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited to watch them play.
1: It's probably for the best. I wish it wouldn't be like this because of the COVID protocols where Ole Miss has kind of had its schedule blown up and games moved and constantly being in flux. But for this one week in isolation, I don't think it's a bad thing coming off of the Egg Bowl yeah. to have a bye week. Getting a bye week this week is okay, even though I wish yeah, they wouldn't sure. be. Yeah, just because of the high of the egg yeah. bowl.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say if they don't have a bye week after that. That's tough. I, I that that would kind of be fun to see how that would play out. But that would be that would be tough. Could you imagine? Uh, Ole Miss maybe I don't know eight and, eight and one going into that game. Oh and yeah. Mississippi State maybe you know nine and zero oh going into that game and then. Wait, wait, wait. Why did why
1: did Mississippi State get to be undefeated in this hypothetical when Ole Miss had to have one loss? Well, I
2: don't know. I mean I just said it. I don't know. <laughs> because Ole Miss is gonna win. That's probably that's oh, okay. probably why, right. <laughs> why I said it that way. But anyway, um could you imagine them have to follow that up? Mississippi State normally plays Alabama late in the year. Um could you imagine them have to play that game and then turn around to potentially play Alabama if they won that game to make an SEC championship game like That game's already tough enough for both of us. I don't think – let us enjoy our our victories, okay, if we have a chance to play in the SEC championship game, both of us, because it's going to take hell to freeze over and nine miracles. Um, But, you know, I I just – that would be shitty if that game was played in the middle of the year. It really would. When
1: Ole Miss goes to a bowl, it probably won't have fans in the stands. But from a player's perspective, will that really change the experience at all?
2: No, <laughs> absolutely not. I'm telling you, dude, it's nothing like going to a bowl game and you get surprises. Like, them dudes that have been to a bowl game, you know? Like, they're going to be so shocked. Like, all the little subtle gifts and, and stuff that you get for a bowl game. Like, let them enjoy that. That's good for them. Going to the Sugar Bowl. And, yes, and the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl was pretty nice, too. But the BBVA Compass Bowl was nice for a dude that went 2-10. You dang all right. We was t- we was turned up to be in Birmingham.
1: What did y'all Soon? get as gifts in Birmingham?
2: We was happy. We loved Birmingham. Birmingham was nice to us. Went to a bowling alley, they had a little lady little <laughs> lady there with a snake, they had a couple of magicians. <laughs> we had some good barbecue. Birmingham was nice to us. And we had fun. We'll get
1: right back to CJ Johnson, former Ole Miss Defensive End linebacker in this edition of Talk of Champions, after tell you briefly about Cheney's pharmacy. A proud sponsor of talk of champions the holiday season is the most wonderful time of the year but with the holiday season comes changes in the weather family members coming down with colds whatever it might be of course you want to make sure that you have a safe and sick free and fun holiday season but the only way to do that is to ensure that your pharmacy is one that you can trust well there's only one pharmacy in oxford mississippi that can do just that cheney's pharmacy a locally-owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday. 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at ChaneysPharmacy.com. Stay safe and make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Chinese Pharmacy. Much more than just a pharmacy. All right, so you've seen... Kiffin is Ole Miss head coach, two games are left. What are your feelings now compared to what they were coming in as Lane Kiffin being hired and going into his first year? Have they changed at all?
2: No. I mean, it's it's what I expected, you know. I mean, they they, they play some, you know, play some good teams, tough, um, you know, and just, you know, as an alumni and as a fan, you just hope they go, you know, that way. But, you know, some of them didn't turn out that way. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I – I love the fact that, you know, Matt Corral and Eli are, you know, sophomores. And, you know, Braylon Sanders has been playing good. I I think Drummond should come back next year. Um, You know, these guys are getting a freebie. Um, It'd be nice to see him come back for another year um, to kind of give those younger guys a little, you know, a little better. Because he's a great kid, man. And um, he's so quiet, you know and I think he's starting to come out of it a little bit. You can just see after he score and, you know, after he make a big play, you know, celebrating and stuff like that. Like you didn't see that from him uh, a couple of years ago when he was in junior college, you know, he was just so business. Like, you know, he'd score a touchdown and toss the ball to the ref, shake hands and walk right to the sideline. Like, you know, maybe jump up on a guy, you know, every once in a while, but he was just so business. Like, and to see him, you know, having fun and, You know, jumping around and playing is, you know, nice. So I hope he come back um, to help him out next year. But you got to like what they're doing on offense. Just hope they sign some guys on defense to help him out.
1: I forgot that Dontario was one of your kids. Did you know back then that he had not just D1 potential, but could you see an NFL future for him? Is there an NFL future for him?
2: For sure. That dude, I'm telling you. I knew he was going to be a stud when um, I had him maxing out in the weight room. And, uh, you know, junior college, you know, it's not like accurate, accurate maxes, but, you know, I tried to get them, you know, pretty close. And, uh, you know, I just – I'm throwing stuff up there. And, you know, with the receivers, I kind of, like, started them out at, like, you know, around 300, you know, started them out with some lower stuff, doing some, you know, warm-up singles. But for actually working reps, like, we started them out, like, around 300, 325. And uh, after he did the first one, I was like, dude, there's no way. Like, I'm going to – like, let's bump you up. And so, like, I bumped him up to 400. He was good. Then I bumped him up to 425. He was good. Then I bumped him up to 450, and I was like, dude, that's it. Like, you're done. Like, that's it. I don't want you to go anymore. And uh, so I went on to the big guys later on, and I threw 500 up there. And he's like, Coach, I can do it. I want to do it. And he did it, like, nine times. He wouldn't stop. And I was just like, yeah, this dude is going to be nice. And so then a couple months after that, basketball season starts, and they're doing like this little dunk three-point shootout contest or whatever, and he goes in the gym, sweats, gym shoes, no warm up no nothing, 360, windmill, and I was just like, yeah, this dude, he's special.
1: Okay, so Ole Miss was robbed with the Bolitnikoff, with Laquan, with A.J. Elijah Moore has to win, right?
2: Yeah, he should, but you never know. You never know about college football. I mean, TCU didn't make the the inaugural college football playoff either. So, I mean, you never know who's calling the shots.
1: But, I mean, my God, he's leading every potential statistic. He had 12 catches for 139 yards in the Egg Bowl. He's recorded 10 or more catches in seven of Ole Miss's eight games. He set the single-season school record for receptions passing A.J. Brown. (laughs) And, again, this dude has done this in eight games in all against SEC competition.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. Where he's does he trusting, rank? Man. Where
1: does he rank as far as the best wide receivers in Ole Miss history, in your opinion?
2: Shoot, my opinion, my opinion? Yeah. He's top three. He's top three for sure. That ain't even close.
1: Well, I think so too, but he's not ever going to jump A.J. Brown for me.
2: No. No. And, I mean, it's hard, dude, because I don't know. I mean, he's definitely top five for sure. Um, top three, he's up for debate. Um, because if you ask me, uh, Shea Hodges is probably the best wide receiver Ole Miss has ever had. He's without that a dude. doubt the
1: most underappreciated because people forget that how dude. good he was. Freak. Yeah. He's a freak. It was so funny, man, watching uh, NFL football on Sunday because Dante has this great return for the Patriots. Evan Ingram goes yep. over 100. A.J. Brown had two yep. touchdowns, including Deuce McAllistering uh onside kick attempt. Uh, I haven't seen DK yet because they play on Monday Night Football. But my God, man, when you watch the town, Dawson Knox caught a touchdown. That's one more touchdown than he caught his entire Ole Miss career. It just kind of makes you sick. It really does.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I just think I don't know. I just think they did a. I think they did a good job. Um, it was extremely hard on those kids, man. Um, because I mean. People don't want to say this, but Coach Freeze and Coach Longo's offenses couldn't have been no more polar opposite. Right? I mean, they were like, they were like night and day. And I mean, I know Coach Freeze hired them, but still, I mean, dude, they were like night and day. I mean, they did absolutely nothing. Like nothing. They were more like the running backs were deeper. Um, they were doing more pistol. Uh, you know, like they wasn't doing much swap zone. It was more like same side zone uh, with the tight end. Like there was a lot of stuff that, that, uh, they could, like, there wasn't a lot of formation in the boundary, um, as much. Like people don't realize it, but we were we were a big formation in the boundary team when the coach freeze. Like a lot of our touchdowns, like, once we hit the 40, was like formation in the boundary plays. They're like either, you know, a wheel right out of the backfield, um, or the post route was open, you know. One of those two routes, you could pretty much bank on it. We were about to hit one of them for a touchdown, eventually. Um, and it was just, you know, that that was that was the interesting thing to me, watching those teams was just that I just figured maybe Coach Luke would probably try to go back to some of the old stuff, but they never did. I mean, it just, they, they just did what they did. Do you like Elijah they,
1: Moore's NFL potential?
2: Yeah, for sure. I see him as a uh, – I'd love him to go to the Patriots.
1: God, I knew you were going to say that.
2: Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be a great place for him. Um, just Looks him like that bird here. dude, that bird dude for uh, the Patriots right now, number 10. Yeah, I mean, like like if you, you don't want to talk about, you know, guys finding a niche, um, we talk about niche players or, you know, unique prototype players, uh, I think New England and Kansas City stick out the most. Um, to me, could you imagine him in Kansas City? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would be that would be Scary, scary.
1: Well, let me ask you this before I let um, you go. Do you buy Lane Kiffin building Ole Miss into a nationally relevant program that not just recruits on a national level but wins on a national level? Could you see Lane Kiffin taking Ole Miss to Atlanta for the first time in school history, for example?
2: Um, Sure. Um, I think that if they're going to do it, they have to do it before Matt Corral's a senior because uh, that touchdown he did to Braylon Sanders on Saturday, and there ain't many quarterbacks that's played college football that could make that throw. Like, that dude can throw 60, 70 yards like flat footed. Well, it's ridiculous. Um, and so I just think they got to they gotta get some help on defense um, to help them out. But as far as scoring, I mean, they should average roughly 500 to 600 yards um, next year. Um, and well, next year is going to be Matt
1: Krause last year if he comes thing- back.
2: Yeah, for sure. And and, and the second thing um, that worries me is that we got to keep Coach Levy, whatever we got to do. We got to freaking back the brink truck up. Um, but they got to keep him in Oxford. They cannot let him leave Oxford. mean like he, he's got to stay. Like They got to do whatever they got to do to get him to stay.
1: Otis Reese made his debut on Saturday, Georgia transfer, and he was look, all over the field. Good. Yeah, were you impressed with he him? He looked
2: good. Yeah. Nah, I'm not going to say I was impressed. I'm going to say that I expected it because of the structure of the defense that they were going to play. Like, they've been missing him. He's like a Mike Hilton kind of guy, and I like him. Well, he's one thing playing.
1: it reminded me of, not that he's Tony Connor, but when Tony Connor was on the field, it just looked different. So when Otis was on the field, compared to everybody yeah. else around him, he looked different.
2: I you something else, too. He played at a different speed. Than yeah. Else. yeah, exactly. I mean yeah. I, from the way I've looked at the game, you talk about like guys playing with speed, like he played at a different speed on Saturday than everybody else on the field. And that and that's for both sides of the ball. That's I mean, that's for both teams. Like he played faster than everybody on Mississippi State's offense too. Like that dude was out there flying around. Like, he looked good.
1: All your family and friends in Philadelphia, for the most part, are Mississippi State people. So how did you celebrate when Ole Miss won?
2: Uh, I'm not even going to say the Mississippi State people anymore. Um, I think I kind of converted most of them. I know most of all of my immediate family, um, you know, kind of had to come to Jesus and kind of switched over. I guess because they bought so much Ole Miss stuff that they just had no choice but to, you know, root for Ole Miss. But they still find themselves rooting for the Rebs. Um, but, you know, I still have some of my family members that are, um, but they don't live here in Philadelphia, unfortunately. Um, my uncle that actually lives here in Philadelphia, he graduated from Southern Miss for sort
1: of. It's so strange when you start driving south, because Jerry Ely said this, he grew up a state fan. He's an old Miss guy now. But when you start driving south, it's Mississippi yeah. State. Finding some success down there with local kids that are within an hour and an hour and a half drive. Cause
2: do you know where the cutoff is, though? Where is that? If you had to guess, what do you think the cutoff is?
1: I don't know because Ole Miss hasn't gotten a kid from the coast since 2011, but a lot of those coast kids are probably just going to LSU.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I, I, once you get, to, I'm telling you, the next time you head down south, if you drive down nine, you'll see it. Once you get to Eupora, like you see way more Mississippi State stuff. Like like that's the, the cutoff point. Like once you hit Eupora all the way down, like you can forget about it. Like, 82 runs all the way across, like, all the way down. this kind of Mississippi State, Southern Miss territory. Yeah, but right
1: now, Ole Miss has got a lot of momentum. And it doesn't hurt, even though I don't think it really makes a difference, but it doesn't hurt that Ole Miss won on Saturday. He's C.J. Johnson, former Ole Miss defensive end and linebacker. I should have had you on before the Egg Bowl to do our Egg Bowl preview. But you know what? It was good to talk to you anyway, my friend. Thanks for doing
2: this. I appreciate it. No problem, brother. Good to talk to you.
0: This is the story of the one.